a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back. We are now into the one o'clock hour of today's episode of Live Mike. Do you watch that? Uh, do you watch that Real Housewives of Salt Lake City show? Me neither. Uh, but I did watch. <laughs> of course, who's watching that? I don't know. Uh, I, I was curious at first, and uh, I couldn't. I, I really couldn't hang after uh, about 10, 15 minutes of that. Uh, anyway, one of the housewives has been charged. Uh, well, let me read it to you. It says reality show cast members charged with running nationwide telemarketing fraud scheme. Uh, Audrey Strauss, this is uh, a press release I'm reading from the United States attorney's office for the Southern district of New York. Uh, the, the attorney there, Peter C. Uh, Fitzhugh. I'll read it to you. Audrey Strauss, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of of New York, Peter Fitzhugh, the Special Agent in Charge of the New York Field Office of Homeland Security, and uh, Dermot Shea, Commissioner of the New York City Police Department, announced the unsealing of a superseding indictment charging Jennifer Shaw with conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Uh, Jennifer Shaw, Jen uh, Shaw. Am I pronouncing that right? It's S-H-A-H. Again, I haven't watched the show, but uh, she's, uh, I guess, a cast member there and is facing some charges now. Telemarketing fraud scheme, what the charges allege. Uh, So that's likely if you're, uh, you know, some kind of reality show uh, fan, that's going to mean something to you. Uh, And, well, you know what? I'm glad that, uh, you know, you take away any of the distracting elements of this and her connection to reality TV. Uh, I, I am glad to know. I'm always uh, heartened to know when, uh, or to learn rather, when uh, when charges like this uh, are filed, uh, because fraud, fraud, and the the type of fraud which is committed through telemarketing, uh, it, it turns my stomach. Uh, why? Well, let's uh, just think practically for a second here. Uh, telemarketing, telemarketing schemes or scams. Uh, are typically successful uh, when the the victims are uh, someone who is a bit more vulnerable. Um, and you know, not to disparage anyone, but it is uh, typically uh, elderly folks who fall prey to these types of scams and schemes. And when someone calls making claims, uh, there are many people on the receiving end of those phone calls uh, who are trusting and they want to help. And they want to, you know, maybe maybe help someone in their family uh, financially. And, oh, my gosh, here on the phone is an opportunity which has fallen into my lap, maybe maybe even divinely. And so uh, you, get, you get wrapped up in 
uh, this scheme or that. Now I've stepped away from the, the you know the, the specifics of these charges, and uh, I'm just now reading through the the, the full release. And so I'm going to step away from that and talk just for a, a moment about uh, how frustrating it is uh, when I hear of uh, of elderly folks being taken advantage of like this. In in the methods uh, that we see so commonly and unfortunately uh, here in the state of Utah. Yeah, affinity fraud is one that we see here in the state of Utah, and there are uh, you know big operations nationwide that take advantage of the the trusting nature of of Utahns of all ages, and uh, that's why a number of years ago I was uh, happy to learn that uh, that here in the state of Utah. There are, uh, in terms of the penalties you can face if you are uh, charged and convicted of certain affinity frauds, there are enhancements to the penalties you, you, you may face. Now, when I say affinity fraud, what am I talking about? Uh, again, separate and apart from what I mentioned with the, the reality TV star, star, whatever, uh, <laughs> affinity fraud is uh, when you prey upon a relationship of trust, when you uh, prey upon uh, you know, a, a trusting relationship that may be formed uh, within your own family uh, or within your faith group or within, uh, you know, some structured part of, of your community. You, you take advantage of a perceived power imbalance or a, an imbalance of trust or a, a, special, uh, a special amount of trust that may exist between two individuals. And you then, if you are the perpetrator, uh, you look to exploit that. Take advantage of the circumstances in which you find yourself with those who, who trust you. And uh, a number of years ago, uh, there were enhancements uh, to the penalties faced by those who would take advantage uh, of, of those with whom they enjoyed a special level of trust brought about by you know a shared faith group uh, or a familial relationship. Uh, or, or you know, sometimes you not, not so much here. I'm not drawn from any specific example here. I don't want to... Uh, paint any improper pictures, but there are uh, across this country cases where, uh, you know, some of the elderly care uh, folks will, those who are receiving uh, or giving care rather, sometimes take advantage of the old folks who, who are residing in their uh, in their areas, all right? Uh, it's not uncommon to hear of <laughs> amended wills where uh, the caregiver in the facility is all of a sudden the most trusted person in that person's life. Uh, anyway, I, I always get so worked up over this stuff, and so I bring it up uh, when I'm reminded of it because, um, first off, if, you, if you're listening and you are one who may be in a circumstance uh, of vulnerability, always be on the lookout, all right? Uh, there is nothing wrong with doubting the truthfulness of someone who approaches you cold. Uh, someone knocks on your door and makes a claim, doubt them. Someone calls you cold and uh, makes a claim about, uh, oh, maybe you owe some uh, big chunk of IRS money and there are agents ready to pound down your door and take you away. And unless you are to, via Western Union, send this amount of money to this place, uh, you will be locked up, haul away, never again to see your family. Nah, you're you're okay to doubt that kind of stuff. You're okay to doubt that stuff. Uh, When when someone calls and says that, uh, that your grandson is locked up, and the bail is X amount of dollars, and you are the only one uh, who, who can get him uh, out of prison. Something like that. Those happen. Uh, d- there is nothing wrong in being skeptical. Uh, you know, call someone 
uh, call call a family member, call someone, get someone involved in that conversation before you uh, before you issue any kind of payment. And then on the flip side, if you are the family member uh, of someone you know uh, who is you know for whatever reason, uh, whatever reason, who is maybe vulnerable to this type of stuff, uh, keep a watchful eye out for it. Keep a watchful eye out for uh, what may uh, befall them and watch out for those uh, who would seek to take advantage of them. Uh, one of the things that got me especially worked up early in the COVID days uh, were all the COVID frauds. Uh, those uh, outlets, uh, those companies, those individuals uh, making claims about their product, having the ability to, uh, to cure you of, of COVID. And those are in the early days. And the FDA got real aggressive about that, sent a number of letters to a number of, uh, of individuals saying, hey, you're going to cease and desist that type of behavior uh, because there is nothing, nothing, nothing uh, that's proved that thus far. And only until uh, Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, and now uh, Johnson & Johnson have come to the table, uh, first and only thus far. Uh, it drove me up a wall to see some of that behavior early on. I'm so glad that we, I think for the most part, have moved beyond uh, those types of frauds. Uh, but it doesn't mean that there are going to be those individuals uh, with, with, uh, without fraud in their heart. There, there are bad guys out there still, and there will always be. Uh, and keep an eye out for them. Okay, uh, you know what? I was going to talk about D.C. statehood. I got all distracted by fraud, uh, and you heard me rant and rave about how awful it is and how we ought to watch out for it. So uh, maybe we'll get to state D.C. statehood later on in the program, uh, or maybe we'll push that till tomorrow. Uh, but it'll come up. It's an important topic, and it's being debated right now in, <laughs> appropriately enough, Washington, D.C. Quick break. When we return, remember that KSL takeout food bracket? Yeah, well, the man behind it, Josh Furlong, joins us next to give us an update on how things look, who's winning, and how you can get involved. That's next up on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 